0: Section thirty four of English Costume. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. English Costume by Dion Clayton Calthrop. Section thirty four. George the First. Reigned thirteen years, seventeen fourteen to seventeen twenty seven. Born sixteen sixty. MARRIED, 1682, Sophia OF BRUNSWICK THE MEN AND WOMEN We cannot do better than open Thackeray, and put a finger on this passage. There is the lion's head, down whose jaws the spectator's own letters were passed, and over a great banker's in Fleet Street the effigy of the wallet, which the founder of the firm bore when he came into London a country boy. People of this street, so ornamented with crowds of swinging chairmen, with servants bawling to clear the way, with Mister Dean in his cassock, his lackey marching before him, or Missus Dinah in her sack tripping to chapel, her footboy carrying her ladyship's great prayer book, with itinerant tradesmen singing their hundred cries, I remember forty years ago as a boy in London city, a score of cheery familiar cries that are silent now. Fancy the bows thronging to the chocolate-houses, tapping their snuff-boxes as they issue thence, their periwig appearing over the red curtains. Fancy Saccharissa beckoning and smiling from the upper windows, and a crowd of soldiers bawling and bustling at the door. Gentlemen of the life-guards, clad in scarlet with blue facings, and laced with gold at the seams. Gentlemen of the horse-grenadiers, in their caps of sky-blue cloth, "'with the garter embroidered on the front in gold and silver. "'Men of the halberdiers, in their long red coats, "'as Bluff Harry left them, with their ruffs and velvet flat-caps. "'Perhaps the King's Majesty himself is going to St. James as we pass.' The Four Georges We find ourselves very willingly discussing the shoes of the King of France "'with a crowd of powdered beaux,' those shoes the dandyism of which has never been surpassed, the heels, if you please, painted by van der with scenes from Rhenish victories. Or we go to the toy-shops in Fleet Street, where we may make assignations or buy us a mask, where loaded dice are slyly handed over the counter. Everywhere the beau, He rides the world like a cock-horse, or like Og the giant rode the Ark of Noah, steering it with his feet, getting his washing for nothing, and his meals passed up to him out by the chimney. Here is the old soldier begging in his tattered coat of red. Here is a suspicious-looking character, with a black patch over his eye. Here the whalebone hoop of a petticoat takes up the way, and above the monstrous hoop is the tight bodice, and out of that comes the shoulders, supporting the radiant molly, patches, powder, paint, and smiles. Here a woman passes in a Nitsdale hood, covering her from head to foot, this great cloak with a piquant history of prison-breaking. Here, with a clatter of red high heels, the bow, the everlasting bow, in gold lace, wide cuffs, full skirts, swinging cane. A Scene of Flashing Colours The coats embroidered with flowers and butterflies, the cuffs a mass of fine sewing, the three-cornered hats cocked at a jaunty angle, the stockings rolled above the knee. Wigs in divisions of loops at the back pass by, wigs in long queues, wigs in back and side bobs, lacquer-hilted swords, paste-buckles, gold and silver snuff-boxes flashing in the sun, which struggles through the mass of swinging signs.' "'There is a curious sameness about the clean-shaven faces surmounted by white wigs. "'There is, if we believe the pictures, a tendency to fat due to the tight waist of the breeches or the buckling of the belts. "'The ladies wear little lace and linen caps, their hair escaping in a ringlet or so at the side, and flowing down behind, or gathered close up to a small knob on the head. "'The gentlemen's coats fall in full folds on either side.' The back, at present, has not begun to stick out so heavily with buckram. Aprons for ladies are still worn. Silks and satins, brocades and fine cloths, white wigs powdering velvet shoulders, crowds of cut-throats, elegant gentlemen, patched aspasius, tavern swindlers, foreign adventurers, thieves, a highwayman, a footpad, a poor poet, and narrow streets and mud. Everywhere we see the skirted coat, the big flapped waistcoat; even beggar boys, little pot high urchins, are wearing some old laced waistcoat tied with string about their middles; a pair of heel trodden, buckleless shoes on their feet, more likely barefooted. Here is a man snatched from the tripe shop in Hanging Sword Alley by the King's men; a pickpocket, a highwayman, a cutthroat in hiding. He will repent his jokes on Jack Ketch's kitchen when he feels the lash of the whip on his naked shoulders as he screams behind the cart-tail. Ladies in flowered hoops will stop to look at him. Bows will lift their quizzing-glasses. A young girl will whisper behind a fan, painted with the loves of Jove, to a gorgeous young fop in a light-buttoned coat of sky-blue. There is a sadder sight to come— a cart on the way to Tyburn, a poor fellow standing by his coffin with a nosegay in his breast. He is full of Dutch courage, for, as becomes a notorious highwayman, he must show game before the crowd, so he is full of stum and Yorkshire stingo. Maybe we stop to see a pirate hanging in chains by the river, and we are jostled by horse-officers and watermen, revenue-men and jerkers, and, as usual, the curious bow, his glass to his eye.' never was such a time for curiosity. A man is preaching mystic religion, there is a new flavour to the rainbow tavern firmity, there is a fellow who can sew with his toes, a man is in the pillory for publishing Jacobite ballads, and always there is the beau looking on. Country ladies, still in small hoops, even in full dresses innocent of whalebone, are bewildered by the noise. "'Country gentlemen in plain-coloured coats and stout shoes "'have come to London on South Sea bubble business. "'They will go to the fair to see the harlequin and scaramouche dance. "'They will buy a new perfume at the civet-cat, and they will go home. "'The lady's head full of the new hoop-fashion, "'and she will cut away the sleeve of her old dress and put in fresh lace. "'The gentlemen full of curses on tavern bills, "'and the outrageous price of South Sea shares.' and what says country dame to country dame lately from town what is the mode in gentleman's hair her own good man has an old periwig very full and a small bob for ordinary wear the very full periwig is going out our lady assures her "'A tied wig is quite the mode, "'a wig in three queues tied in round bobs or in hair-loops, "'and the long single-queue wig is coming in rapidly "'and will soon be all the wear. "'So, with talk of flowered tabbies and fine lute-string, "'are the fashions passed on. "'Just as Sir Roger de Coverley nearly called a young lady in riding-dress "'Sir,' because of the upper half of her body, so the ladies of this day might well be taken for sirs, with their double-breasted riding-coats like the men, and their hair in a queue surmounted by a cocked hat. Colours and combinations of colours are very striking. Petticoats of black satin covered with large bunches of worked flowers. morning gown of yellow-flowered satin faced with cherry-coloured bands. Waistcoats of one colour with a fringe of another. Bird's-eye hoods, bodices covered with gold lace and embroidered flowers all these gave a gay artificial appearance to the age but we are to become still more quaintly devised still more powdered and patched in the next reign end of section 34 read by cara schallenberg org in august 2010 in san diego california